welcome to the show and to Passionately Married. Love being here every week. Where we're trying to uh, speak to whatever is going on specifically. That's what we're doing today for sure. But all the episodes we have when we have guests, um, they're, they're usually the onus behind it, the, the impetus to help us get whatever we the topics are we cover often comes from the nation. Yeah. And they let us know what's going on at 214-702-9565 or feedback at passionatelymarried.net. Mm-hmm. And we want to just have honest conversations to help frame actions and conversations you can be having in your marriage to help create your marriage just to be a little bit better or move it off the brink of the struggles you're having or how to frame a situation. That's where we're heading today uh, throughout the entirety of the show with all the segments we've got today. It's how to frame the situation in a way maybe you haven't thought of, but that perspective shift can be just the game changer. Like it, that can give you the 180 right there. To me, it's the make or break in a lot of ways. It's, it's the, okay, so if I look at it this way, what does that require? Mm-hmm. What's really going on? Because let's face it, we all can come into marriage with this idealized, distorted, that won't happen to us. Or we'll see it through. Or God will find a way. And yeah. all of those. Or could, if this happens, I'm out. That's, and that's then true. it happens and you realize, I don't really want to be out. You all of a sudden take a step back and ask yourself some questions and, yeah. and try to determine what's my next step. And so that, that's what we're going to be heading to today okay. is, is some of the, the, those kinds of concepts via a few emails that we've had that have come in. But we also want to let people know um, about the academy that's going on that mm-hmm. we've had here with Passionately Married for years now. Um, but we want you to join us. This is the last month you have a chance to take advantage of the summer offer we've got going on. So if you use summer 23, you get the first month free to test out the Academy, get the extended content. Um, it's worth, it's worth hanging out with these people that Mm -hmm. are in the Academy and are active because there's a, there's a research and some of the stuff I've come across over the years that say we become the average of the five most the five people we hang around most Mm, think about who i hang out with and so the academy's got some really good people to hang out with so that that's my sales pitch for for joining the academy and then coming up today on the regular version is a couple emails uh that came in we're going to be talking about um intimacy intimacy and intimacy anorexia a little hard easy to say, for, apparently. Easy for you to um, say. From Doug Weiss. It's, the, it's a concept that he's kind of coined from years back. Mm-hmm. And there's an email that comes in specifically addressing something we've done in the past on a show, too. Okay. And then we've also got um, another email that, that some of the same framework will apply, uh, but in a slightly different uh, concept, if you will. And then on the extended content today, which is deeper, longer, and there are no ads, subscribe and join us at passionatelymarried.net forward slash academy. Um, we all have times in life where grief or struggle and loss and just frustration happens. And it's often in those times when those that we come around just say things that are pretty poor. They just don't not helpful. They don't know how to respond when there's something really bad going on or, or a real loss that is, I mean, there's some tragedy that happens in our worlds. And so, 
from Kate Bowler, the great book, Everything Happens for a Reason and Other Lives, Lies I Want to Love. That's the name <laughs> nice. of the book. Good title. Um, and then she's also got a fantastic podcast. She given a framework of what to say and what not to say. Yeah, all of us have walked through that situation of either not knowing what to say. Maybe we said something that was totally out of left field and not good. Or maybe the, we're the ones receiving the comment. And it's like, really, why did you just say that well, to me in this situation? And there's, re, there's yeah. usually a rationale as to what motivates that. Yeah. And if you're not quite sure what that is, you're going to want to stay tuned. Listen up. All that's coming up right after this. So here's the email that came in. Um, it says, hey, Corey, I'd love to hear you talk about the pain for love cycle of abuse and neglect in marriage. Uh, this is a ter- term coined by Dr. Doug Weiss. My, hu- my ex-husband, this is from the emailer, is gay and he, he's still living in the closet. He was married to me, but sleeping with men from the very beginning. In the sexless marriage episode that we talked about on episode 628, her read is, he knows how to love her, but he chooses not to love her in the way she feels love, which in this case was sexual intimacy is what she was wanting. Dr. Weiss talks about intimacy anorexia. When you have a spouse who's depriving you of intimacy, so divorce is an option in my opinion. Connection is and intimacy is a part of a relational marriage. And when you're married to a person who can't be relational, then you need to get out of therapy as work is not what your spouse is doing. And that is, again is referring to the episode prior because they were talked about several times. People say, well, they're in therapy. They're in, again, okay. we'll, we'll unpack this a little bit more. So okay. I was married to a Christian man who would never cheat on me. Meanwhile, I lived in a sexless marriage, was, but was manipulated to believe that he loves me and cares for me, but never listened to me by showing up in the marriage and loving me how a godly loving husband should. So anyway, this topic angers me, and I feel you should bring up Dr. Doug's work on your podcast to wake people up and stop tolerating excuses like this woman. Thanks. So obviously we hit a a hot button for her. Sure. Because there's things that happen, and we've done a show in the past that talks about how we react out of our pain and trauma and hurt. Yeah. Right? That's that's We've done shows in the past, and the emails we can get is instigated often by somebody else's pain. Sure, sure. Topic we covered mm -hmm. hit close to home. Our experiences will trigger whatever else is happening around us. Yeah. And so as we dive into this idea of intimacy anorexia, Mm -hmm. I want to first unpack the concept of intimacy because you and I have talked about this, but Mm -hmm. I think it sets a framework because I don't, and, and also from the outset, we've, we've been reaching out to Dr. Dr. Weiss trying to get him on the show, but haven't, haven't, coordinated it to make it work. Um, so Dr. Doug, if you actually come across this and hear it, 214-702-9565, call me up. Let's, let's get you on the <laughs> show. We'll make it happen. I, I want to unpack this more because I might take this different than the way he goes. I'm going to add my flair to what I understand of his concept. Okay. Okay. But intimacy to me is two parts. It's knowing and being known. Yeah. Right. We often tell me if I'm wrong with this one, Pamela, would you say most people often we think of intimacy as one leans more towards the good and comfortable and great feelings that we all long for and strive for. And two, it's me knowing you. It's not you knowing me. Sure. Sure. I I see that. I see it more as people thinking of it on a positive note that it is good things. And, and yes, we want to have togetherness connection. It's usually centered on the sexual side of things. 
and not having that realization that there's a dark side. Yes. Like I intimacy is knowing both the good and the bad, the right. the it's pretty the and the package. ugly. It's, it's the, the whole, whole thing. Story. And that's what makes it so intimate is that you're seeing all of me. Right. And that's that idea that intimacy is just as likely to produce uncomfortable feelings as it is comfortable ones. Mm -hmm. Those are two sides of the coin. Okay. So that covers intimacy. They both will be there. And it's very possible that what's happening in your marriage, when you really don't like it, that's actually intimacy. Mm. Right. So that, that I want to use as the springboard into this idea of, when you look at this dilemma, I'm going to build it off of what she talked about with uh, when a spouse doesn't show up in the way a, the other spouse wants, i.e. sex mm. or sexual connection or affection. Well, if you can, I think too often what we will do is I will come up with all kinds of different ways to make sure you know you're not meeting my need. Okay. Right. I'll, I'll figure out how to conjole, convince, uh, manipulate, encourage, entice. Well, I'll do all of these things. Via words, via actions, via, via, via fits, all kinds of yeah, via, nonverbal via problems, things. Via mm-hmm. instigating of issues. There, I mean, there's a lot of different ways we will go about trying to get our way. Yeah. So if you look at it, w- one of the things we often do is we focus on what's missing and think that's the problem. So what's missing here, Pam, is you don't show me love in the manner I want you to show me love. So therefore, that is the problem. Okay. I look at it as it's not what's missing that's the problem. It's what's present that's the problem. So if I'm perceiving that lack of physical touch or sexual interaction is missing... And I see that that's the problem. You're saying what's actually present is the problem. What would I say is actually present? The fact that that is withheld, that that is avoided, that that is ignored. That Because most of the time in this dilemma, most times spouses understand the way this is going. I'll come up with ways to hopefully pawn you off with my best intentions. Oh yeah, we will. We'll, we'll we'll go on a date this week. We will. Yeah, I've I'm already going to have it all set up. And then it doesn't happen. And, and maybe with no intentions, actually. Maybe I've even mean, doing it. Maybe there are intentions. Maybe there's not. But I think most people have a map aware enough to know. Ooh, they're getting really upset. So therefore, they act right according to the script that you want me to act. Okay. Right. And so I think it's that element of it's recognizing because every single person, I mean, that's what I think of all these different emails we've had over the years of doing this show. If you didn't, if you were incapable of being affectionate and expressive and what would you be with that person from the very beginning? And you just kind of realized they just can't, that would have been a short lived, no deal breaker. So typically we're able because typically something up front was shown that 
hey, I'm getting affection from this right. person that I really enjoy. Or they get enough of the story to realize, ooh, they've had a really rough upbringing, so this is difficult, but that's okay. Our love, and so we kind of let it, we we let it go. Our level overcome that. Yeah, that yeah. that ideal can be thrown about and cover up a lot that is going to become a problem. Mm-hmm. So a lot of times the way a normal relationship will unfold, depend, and in this varies depending on severities, mm-hmm. um, you kind of see this heading towards the huge big issue and then all of a sudden people act right. And it's short-lived. And then you get the back acting to... acting right is short-lived? Well, yeah, because it's this whole... So let's say we had this issue of um, lack of intimacy, lack of sex, lack of physical touch. Okay. Right. Just we'll just use us as an example. If this was going on in our marriage, and all of a sudden you've had enough of that, and so you start sleeping in a different room, and that then tells me because that's something different. Maybe you've never done before. Normally you would just why can't we? You know because we kind of get to where we don't necessarily put together a really good argument. We just put together a pretty big reaction. Sure. Because we often try to address these things when we're fed up, <laughs> not mm-hmm. not when I'm calm and really facing critical mass. Okay. So you get in a different room and after a little bit, it's like, whoa, hold on. I got some things going in my mind. Like, oh, I don't, she might be serious now. So therefore I start, I, I schedule a date. Um, I hold your hand more. I, we kiss some, I hug you some, you know, all those kinds of things that could be going on. Then to, just to show you, no, no, I'm doing this. I, look, it's good. I'm, I'm there. And then you're like, okay, because typically when we start getting some of what we want, we let our guard down as weird as it might sound. Okay. It's a weird way to think of that, but that's what we kind of do. It's kind of like, okay, because oh, now I'm f- starting to get f- fed what I'm wanting. Yeah. But in time, and that's usually not a real long time, it'll revert back. Because in a lot of instances where these dilemmas really do become that spread apart, it's just not a priority to the person it's just not the way they're wired. It's not what they're interested in. They don't care. Sure. So keeping keeping up what you want for a period of time is just a struggle. I mean, it can yeah. it can be tiresome. It can be, it, well, if it's just not something I really desire as much as you do, it it's easy to wane. Right. Yeah. Right. And so the way Dr. Weiss frames this is he uses the intimacy anorexia with the phraseology of it's the deliberate withholding of love and intimacy in a relationship. Right. So okay. it's, it's, I, I like that terminology, but what I use my little slight, slightly different flair from Schnarch's training I've done with him mm-hmm. is it's not the deliberate withholding. It's just flat out being cruel hmm. because you know, what speaks to your spouse and yet you don't do anything about it. Okay. I'm noodling on this because it's one thing, like my comment that I just had, it's one thing to have a different desire level and okay, I'm going to come when I see that it's meeting critical mass, I'm going to come try and, um, placate you mm-hmm. with more physical touch or with more whatever. Yeah, I'll, I'll, it's not I'll, something I'm really I actually, desiring. I actually use the terminology when this stuff plays out with clients. I actually use the terminology with them. So you're trying to buy them off with your actions here, knowing full well it's short-lived because that's what your history has shown. Okay. 
because that's the one thing we've always said um, when you're talking about this dynamic and Dr. Weiss says the same kind of thing, just slightly different wording, trust what somebody does, not what they say. His phraseology is believe behavior, not words. Yeah. Understandable. So then, I mean, when you use the words of, uh, I'm sorry, it was deliberate. He says deliberate, deliberate holding, but Schnarr says it's just cruelty, cruelty, right? We're saying cruelty. How is it not potentially cruelty from the other side if they want more than what it is I can give? Well, right. Is it if I'm the one saying, okay, well, you know, I'm going to the other room because you're not giving me what I need. Mm-hmm. Right. But who's to say what I'm asking for isn't over and, the top. And that's the thing I love about that framework is recognizing that we both have both sides of a, the equation. Usually neither one has high ground because the way it gets embedded becomes so deep that there's, there's perpetrators going on on both sides of the equation. Right. And by saying neither one has high ground, meaning no one is ultimately right. Correct. No one is ultimately right. wrong. You, you both have free to go culpable. after what it is you care about, what after it is you think you want You're go for it. Mm-hmm. But you have to also recognize what's the whole story. Who are they? How are you going about trying to get it? Have you really faced what is rather than trying to manufacture and create what you hope? I hear you. Back to this email, because I was a little confused on the email. And I wasn't clear if she was referring back to the episode or if she's referring to herself where she's in a relationship where her husband is actually... Um, attracted to other men. That was her in that the was, email. Not that was this email yeah. now, not the other show. Right. So, yes. so this emailer is is hurt because she's not getting her physical needs met. Mm-hmm. And she is it an ex now? Yes, it's ex husband. Okay, it's an ex now. But she was upset because it was when they were married. He couldn't or wouldn't. He was apparently he. They were in a sexless that marriage, for her. and he didn't have the arousal towards her right. because he had it towards men. Right. I'm reading between the lines of what her email right. was. Yes. Right. And and that sounds so. I'm trying to play out here specifically for her, since she's the one emailing in. What does this look like in that relationship? You know, if they were still together. How, if he has no arousal well, toward so her. So in that relationship, what it looks like is actually her. what it is. It's not a relationship anymore. Yeah. And it's facing what is and then making the choices you need to make. Yeah. For the short run and then ultimately the long run. Because that's what life requires of us. If we do life on life terms, we don't often get what we want. Hmm. We don't often make it to where it's seamless and easy. I mean, in a lot of ways, the world's not for us. <laughs> People are not for us, <laughs> right? That there's, They're out for what they want yeah. and what they care about. And it can go to some severe, cruel, hurt, deliberate, malevolent. I mean, it, it could get dark. And several in the nation know this. They've had it. They live it. Mm-hmm. So it's important, I think, we recognize as the way we're kind of talking about this, 
that the point is, how do I calm myself down, regulate myself well enough with whatever dilemma it is I'm facing and face what's present, not what's missing? Because what's present in intimacy anorexia, one, when you get a clear picture of who that person is, that's still intimacy. Mm-hmm. That's, where I've, that's where I'll vary some from Dr. Weiss. Because I think he frames that the intimacy anorexia as in, well, they are incapable of it. Well, the fact that I can kind of understand who they are and is really infuriating to me, that's still intimacy. I know who they are. It's just not the positive. It's not the tangible, what do I really want out of this relationship that I need a collaborating ally with to make happen. And so instead, it's seeing it as my job becomes, how do I face what is better? Not what they say, not how they try to pawn me off. Not Because you can start to see that. You can start to see it as, okay, I know what they're saying here. I don't, I don't buy it, yeah. but I see what they're saying. And if I can regulate myself, I'm prepared for that move a better rather than I put all hope on it. Because that's typically what we do is we get desperate because I don't want to give up on what I got. And I don't encourage people to give up on what I got right away. Mm-hmm. But I do need to recognize at what cost because it's a cost either way. And if I want a truly intimate marriage, I have to realize it's not going to be comfortable. I, we just, I just did this post over the weekend uh, as we're recording this on Instagram. They talked about if I was to ask people, what was their main question that they want? I I just want to be happy and I want my spouse to be happy. Well, the best question you can ask in marriage is what sort of pain and struggle am I willing to tolerate? and deal with. Hmm. That's how I'm going to get a better marriage Hmm. because that's looking at it more of what life really is. I mean, I choose struggle with you. I choose your struggle. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That's the, that's what I want. I get the other parts too that are good, but we're still going to have some struggle. We're going to have it. And I think the beauty is, I, I think I see where, what you're saying with that in that we have the struggle. You're not asking for struggle 24 seven. No, who wants that? But we've seen what happens on the other side of struggle and the connection, the intimacy that comes from that, that is even deeper and creates something even better. Mm-hmm. And then to add the last little component to this conversation, mm. maybe I'm, I'm just going to take a flyer. I don't know if this lands well or not, okay. but intimacy with myself mm. too. Because that's at right. play here also. How am I? I mean, Gina used to, one of the original co-hosts, she used to use the phrase of being in integrity with myself. Mm-hmm. Right? That, ha- that I have, my, the relationship I have with myself is congruent and intimate too. How many addictions, this is a totally different topic, but how many addictions are out there because people are not living that way? They're not living in integrity with themselves. They're not living in line with what they, and now they got to do something else to cover up and mask it because mm-hmm. they, they aren't that living could, with who they want to be. The fertile soil that those things are anyway. rooted in and, and come out, but it's still, it's recognizing the same, the, the same philosophy applies to me here is what's present not what's missing. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you can get out of your vocabulary when it comes to married life, we'll end it with this. Okay. If you can get out of your vocabulary, a nice next step would be take away the, if you would only dot, dot, dot. Hmm. 
Because hmm. that's typically framed messages of, if you would act right, if you would show me love, if we could only, you know, it's, it's holding out hope for what once was. Or just your expectations that never have been yet. Fair. But, but I'm going back to most relationships had hints of what it is that they're really longing for and wanting. That's why we got together in the first place. Or they saw a relationship on on a movie or Fair. through their parents or someone else. Good that point. That's what they so hoped they still are to coming have. Into it with this unrealized, unexpected. Like, it's totally unrealistic. Yeah, I can't. Okay. I can't say that everybody said, "Well, we used to have it this way, so, and I want it again." But that might. That's some of it. But I think people just come into it with expectations, and yeah, that's good. And it may be nothing they ne- ever had before. How can you expect someone to even be something they never have been? Yeah, and then, but then the question becomes, what's made you take so long to realize? who you're with because there's something in me then that thinks, well, I can change it. I can overcome it. I can control it. I can address it. Well, we say all the time, you know, marriage really starts when you roll over and say, who are you? And when did you get in my bed? Right. So, so that, I mean, that's a pretty common phrase that we've used at the getaways and here Mm -hmm. and whatever. But so I, I mean, I think that's just part of it, right? We we change and dating yeah. changes, and yeah, anyway. I just I just want uh, married people to get a, a uh, an introduction to the idea of so exactly how cruel is my spouse? How ex- and exactly how cruel am I? Mm. Because we all are at times, some more than others. Because of how I would address cruelty in myself and others is different. Then if I, if I look at it as such, it's different than how I would address something that's just missing. So we're not gonna have time for the next, 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 uh, email. So okay, if we left something, missed something or didn't, didn't land well, please let us know. Feedback at passionatelymarried.net. I'm trying to go back in my mind to think of, have we had times where we teased out, we've got a couple emails and we only got to one in this epi- in these shows. For almost twelve years, now. I don't remember actually teasing them out that <laughs> way either. and not getting to one. But I, I feel kind of like we didn't deliver. Well, we get done the next one. <laughs> yes, we will. Well, if we left something undone, uh, or you've got more information you want, uh, or just questions that this has spurred in you, let us know two one four seven zero two nine five six five. Transcripts available on each of the episodes pages at passionatelymarried.net as well as advertiser deals and discount codes are also available on each of the episode's pages. So please consider supporting those who support the show. Well, however you took a little bit of time out to spend it with us, thank you, and we'll see you next time.